This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, SpiderVPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using SpiderVPN. They have some amazing offers right now and have come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. A very good evening to everyone. Um, it's been a while since we've managed to do a, an out-and-out podcast. But um, obviously with, with the lack of games, obviously two games being called off, the uh, Watford game, the Arsenal game, we wanted to get this in before the end of the uh, end of the year, and it's quite apt uh, that this one is obviously looking back on the year that's just gone and the year that is to come. And I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host, Manny. Hi, Manny. Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody else. And obviously, there's been no football about, so we'll talk about something else. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's great uh, to have for the, for the whole hour... Uh, we've got Amy, and I know a lot of you will be really pleased to, uh, to have Amy uh, for an hour with us as well. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Hope everyone's okay and had a good Christmas and things. <laughs> absolutely, we'll, we'll come on to that in a second. And of course, absolute uh, pleasure and delighted to welcome back uh, Wolves legend Mel Eves. How are you doing, Mel? I'm very well, Dave, thank you. Uh, wish everybody... Uh, Compliments of the season and um, as we go into the new year soon. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to catching up with everybody and um, and talking a bit of Wolves, yeah. Absolutely. And did you all have a good Christmas together with your families? Yeah, yeah it was it just... Go on. Yeah, yeah, just the Shame, job. there's no football. <laughs> <laughs> I think football was a big part of Christmas, wasn't it, every year and not mm. having any matches to go to, home or away, you know. We had some yeah. good matches looking forward to and, and just been 
strange, isn't it? I don't know what what do you, what do you do on a Boxing Day without f- football? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself today. I mean, to mm. be fair, you obviously want to go and see Wolves play, but there were some very good games on Boxing Day and also yesterday. So yeah. um, it was a bit of a shame to miss out on seeing Wolves, but um, and yeah, it was just a bit frustrating. I just hope that the Man United game is on on Monday because I don't really want to have three games to catch up with. Um, yeah. It's quite interesting to say that because you talk about like the Boxing Day. I mean, it was an early start at uh, 12.30. And so I just took it on the chin. I was missing it, but I thought I haven't got to rush so much. I had a more leisurely day on Boxing Day thinking, well, we've got Arsenal in two days. And then, <laughs> of course, that one gets called off as well. Um, but that the, the first one... Uh, called off, obviously, Watford. I thought they would have been through the worst of their COVID situation. I think they played West Ham, didn't they? And they got walloped. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Wolves with injuries and the uh, they had six positive uh, cases. So, but all being well from the report that Wolves put out yesterday, that they hope that most of those will be back ready for the United game and obviously a couple of the injuries. So hopefully that game will be on because we don't want to miss uh, the first game in the new year as well, do we? Especially uh, against uh, Manchester United. Yeah, no, hopefully. But hope the players are all just safe and well and that goes for kind of all the other clubs as well. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's obviously we're living through... Um, difficult times the last year and a half. We've, we've, you know, what was obviously with the pandemic, uh, we've lived through the, uh, you know, the, the lockdown, the full lockdown, two or three of those. We've had uh, football for a whole year without the fans. And it's brilliant that, you know, that this season we've been able to be back, you know, home and away, enjoying being in full stadiums because football without the fans isn't it. And obviously we don't want to get into a position where they're, we have the fans come away. So hopefully they'll get through this and it'll continue um, to uh, to move forward. But Mel, I mean, what's your take been generally on the uh, the year as a whole? Um, I think it's been pretty positive for Wolves. Uh, I think that, that the, the new manager has endeared himself really well. Uh, I'm scratching my head at times thinking about... Um, Obviously, the the quality that we need is is goal scoring. Unbelievable um, way that the team has responded and um, and defended as a team and competed as a team um, and being very positive in going forward, but not coming up with solutions is what managers usually say nowadays. Got- we have to find we have to find solutions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the work. It's the word of 2021. It's, 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 the, it's, it's the in word. We have to find a solution. In my days, we've got to stick somebody in that can score goals, basically. Yeah. Um, and if somebody's not scoring goals, you, you take them out. But the thing is, he's rotated everybody he's got. Um, and they all flatter to deceive for me. The, the forwards are flattering to deceive. And none of them, even Raul Jimenez, isn't firing on all cylinders. Um, so that's that's really the position that we're in. And if we'd got forwards that were that were actually stepping up to the plate, so to speak, and uh, scoring goals, we'd be we'd be certainly in the top six, and 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 right up there with um, you know the Arsenal and we- the Arsenals and West Ham's easily. Mm. Uh, but that's the reason. And we just uh, I've always said that we don't score enough goals from midfield. 
we have two of the world's best players in midfield in Joe Martino and Ruben Neves. But we, we need... I like it when Dendonka's in there because he adds he adds that uh, box to box and he gets on the end of things, especially in the air. Um, and uh, we've got to find a way to score more goals. Um, you, you look at Pedence, great, talented, very talented player. Um, you look at Trincao, again, great left foot, balance, no end product. Uh, you, you look at obviously the big enigma, Adam Adam Atriore. wonderful, worth it. Sometimes worth the entrance fee alone if he gets on a run and beats half of their their team in just one little run. It's just magical to see him. But again, if you're looking at it's a results business, there's no end. There's no end product. It's it, it, it's amazing, but you don't get any points for it. It's like you don't get any points for having twenty corners to the opposition's one. And the, the, few... the opposite, the, the opposition score one goal and you don't. Sorry, you don't. You lost. Mel, well, in your in your in your playing career, did you have any uh, like really lean spells? With the team, not just yourself, just the team having a really lean spell. And what was the kind of thing that you focused on? Because you know, the first three or four games, we created a hatful, didn't we? And then suddenly, we seem to have gone in our shell in a lot of the matches and um, uh, like defended really manfully, but created hardly anything. And um, um, so, I was just wondering in. in what do what do what's said in the dressing rooms when teams aren't scoring and and you're not you don't know where the next goal's coming from? I don't think we didn't really have many times when um, when when things were going well, which was most of the time when I was at Wolves. Towards mm. the end, probably when we got relegated, um, we weren't scoring goals, but that was down to personnel. Because if you if you if if all of your top players suddenly leave the club, your, your goal scorers, you're going to struggle if you don't replace them. Um, this really is about um, instill. You've got to instill confidence. You've got to instill belief. Um, I think I think sometimes there's a lack of belief, really, with the forwards. In, in for front of goal. Yeah. 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 I can understand that. You know, someone like. Pedro Neto, we, we've missed him massively. Before he got injured, I think he got five goals, five assists or something like that. He was quite clearly a most threatening forward. He scored that goal against Southampton. What a goal that was. The one against Chelsea, memorable. You know, really vital, vital goals. And and he had, he was probably one of those forwards. Raul had that as well, but he hasn't really got backfiring to the old role that we know and love. And it will probably take a bit of time. But like you said, the other... To Trinko, Traore, you know, Pedence, I'm still undecided about Pedence. I just think he can, I still think he's got a lot more to offer. I think his stats aren't that bad. I mean, he, um, uh, when he plays, but he seems never <laughs> ever to play. Has Pedence ever played 10 games in a row, for example? I don't think he ever has, you know. He's always well, in a I don't know. I think he's one of those, uh, he's one of those players that on, on his day, he's, he's wonderful to watch. Very yeah. create, very creative. Um, will make, will probably make more goals than he scores, but he's, mm. he can score goals himself. So I think he's a valuable asset to the to the squad, definitely. Um, but the we, we Pedro Neto, you know, it, as soon as soon as anything comes out about him coming back, it's going to lift the the Wolves fan base immeasurably. I think everybody's going to be thinking it's uh, Christmas again. Because 
Pedro Neto is one hell of a player. Um, and we've, we've all just got our fingers crossed that um, he'll, he'll come back okay. He'll come mm. back, you know, his, his self and that he won't we be have to, We have to sort of like not put too much expectation on him, don't you, don't you think, well, Amy, for him to come back? and? Uh... Yeah, I, th- I think it's you. he will be like a new signing, but you, like you said, you've got to think he's not going to come back in all guns blazing as he left off, like we've seen with Raul. I think it's... Um, I don't think they ever really replaced the Jota Raul partnership, and I think that's probably what everyone is hoping for with yeah. Neto coming back, because Neto and Jota were pretty much like like player in the way that they play made and going forward, etc. So I think it's I think it's unfair for people to pinpoint too much on Raul not scoring goals, because I think obviously what happened to him was horrendous, and it is going to take time for him to come back. And I don't think he's got the support up front. I think there's been so much focus from large on the defence that you can build a team from defence. And I think me and Dad were having this conversation last night and we said, yeah, it's frustrating we're not scoring enough goals, which we aren't, but we're still eighth. And if it's easier to get the goals than it is to sort out a shoddy defence. Like if you look at Leeds, they've got good forwards, especially when Bamford's back. However, they're leaking goals left, right and centre. They've got minus 18 in goal difference. That's a lot harder to fix than it is scoring goals, in my opinion, anyway. So it's frustrating. I think the football that we've seen as of recent weeks isn't the best to watch as fans because it is so, it's a bit like how Burnley have played. It's a bit backs up against the wall. There's no excitement going forward. And you go to football to cheer the goals instead of just sitting out and holding out from like nil-nil draws, which is obviously what we were trying to do against the bigger clubs that we played in the run-up till Christmas. And to be fair, out of the we nearly got three out of three nil nils against Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, who you would say are the teams contending for the title. Um, but I think it will come, um, and I think it's you can build a team from the back, can't you? Which is what I'm trying to look at it in a way. But it's a bit frustrating to watch as a fan. Um, well, Carl Whitehouse, because he's been obviously uh, he gets a lot of his stats and figures, but. but uh, from Wolves Analytics on Twitter, which I picked up. It's um, 42 goals in a calendar year is apparently the lowest since 1922-34 in terms of league goals, and it's the third lowest ever after 1919 and 1981. And there's another stat here. 17. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 0.85 league goals is the lowest ever after 1922. Uh, 17 home lean goals in a in a season, so you know. But I think you make a very good point. The fact that we do have the third best defensive record this year. Mm. Yeah, it would be a lot more concerning if we were leaking goals. And I think Sar has just been for me a complete revolution. Like evolution, evolution is probably the better word because I just I just think Sar has been absolutely fantastic since he set foot on the the first game this season. Um, I really, really do. Um, which is it's great. It's such a different goalkeeper to Patricio. And I think we was all quite a bit worried when Patricio left thought, oh God, we've lost a world class keeper who who we're gonna get in instead. But um but yeah, you look at his stats and just abs- absolutely unreal. I think I get more impressed every time I see him and I think He's in everyone's fantasy sort of... football team now, isn't he, Amy, I think. <laughs> I don't play fantasy football, but I think if I did, it <laughs> would be. He would be. I think he's the highest scoring point scorer in that mm. aspect. You saw Gary Neville on Monday Night Football was asked um, uh, who his 
signing of the season so far was and he said Jose Sarr, which is, you know, a big accolade to have because let's be honest, when we signed him, we all thought, oh, who's this geezer? You know, that's yeah. a big shoes to fill. And um, the thing is, it instills so much confidence. You've got Cody, Kilman and Sois and people were, everybody was thinking, is this defence, you know, going to be good enough? And now they all look so much better. It's like having a fourth defender when he comes out for the ball, he clears the ball, uh, you know, he, he, in, on corners. I think there's three, three or four occasions where he's come out, you know, even though that always, sometimes you can make a mistake when you come out and, and, and um, you know, you can put up with that mistake if you've got a really positive keeper. And I think every, I, I don't think there's a single fan that would say that Saar hasn't, like Amy says, been a complete, you know, success and beyond what we thought. Um, uh, and mm. a massive, massive part on why the defence are doing so well. I and mean, he seems like a joke guy as well. His Instagram captions are great. So he seems like a top yeah. guy as well, which I, li- I like that. He seems he does, to be I, I, I think he's, like you say, I think, I think he's been a bit of a revelation. The way he commands his area, the way he's always looking uh, to get the ball away quickly, get Wolves on mm. the counter. And, you know, the way he, he, he sort of like, he's a good shot stopper. He's proved that in the last couple, two, three, four games, he's made some crucial saves. He looks world-class to me. I mean, Mel, what's your take on Jose Sar from a striker's point of view? And you know, um, yeah, I think he's absolutely top draw. I, I, I was a big uh, Rui Patricio fan. I thought we were, we were, it was wonderful that we we got somebody of his quality uh, and took advantage of it, the situation at the time at his club in Portugal. And uh, to get somebody like that, I thought was wonderful. But uh, like many, I was a li- little bit concerned when. Um, we saw that he was going and then, uh, but I've been, I don't think that anybody need have worried because I think that Saar has been absolutely fantastic. And from a striker's point of view, he does all the right things, which is, which is really annoying because he, <laughs> he, um, I'm putting myself, you know, in the, as, as far as the opposition are concerned, he reads the game very well. He's timing and it's all about timing and positioning with keepers. Yes, you can make the top draw saves out the top corner or the bottom corner, and it looks great for the TV and, and the, the pictures in the paper. But the big thing about keepers is organisation. He's, he's, he's commanding your box. And he's, um, you know, it's really important. So I, th- I think... I think we've been very blessed and congratulations to the um, the recruitment team at Wolves, you know, which sometimes goes unnoticed, but that's, and they're always going to have contingency plans for each position. Um, you know, if various things happen, you know, long-term injuries or, uh, or players go, players um, get uh, transferred, etc. So yeah, that's a big, big ticks for the recruitment department because uh, He's he's he, I think he's even <clears throat> he's even improved on what we were with with um, you know under Patricio. But the other thing is that um, all we've kept a very steady defence of your core of your team, your keeper and your three defenders. We've kept with you know with with Remind Sais who's been who's been different class and he's he's kept the bookings down as well because mm-hmm. he. He loves a booking, doesn't he? Because he he's really, yeah. he's really, yeah, he's really competitive, and he, mm. and he's a bit niggly. Um, and you, you pick up too many easily bookings, but he's kept 
he's been really, uh, you know, kind of uh, focused in that respect. Um, Connor Cody's been different class. You so you can, I think Cody's been his best. It's been his best season yet this season. But it's not just what he does; it's how he organises everybody. That's the point. That's the that's the. It's the it's the same with um, the the uh, the Brazilian lad that plays for Chelsea, who comes in. He's thirty seven. Um, Thiago Silva. What's his name? Thiago Silva. Yeah. Yeah. He just absolutely. He didn't break sweat in the Wolves game. No, he didn't. Because he, class. Because, he, because he read yeah. the he read the game so well. But mm. Connor Cody's getting into that standard. He's not. He's not. As, he's not that standard yet. But mm. he's he's top draw. Cody. He um, and then, then the one that everybody's talking about because he's just grows from strength to strength, and he just does it without, bat, you know, kind of batting an eyelid, really. Kind of, he's uh, young Max Kilman. Mm. Uh, I watch to see how he how he defends, not so much in the air because he's a big guy and he's, he's decent in the air because he's got mm. an advantage in that respect, but how he copes with. The players that are really good on the floor, the really quick players, because you look at um, tall defenders don't like nippy kids going round them and getting round their feet. So you'd expect people like um, uh, all 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 of the players you'll play against. For, for instance, when we played against Man City, you know, Silver and um, Mares and everybody like that, the players that can run at you. Um, Grealish, etc. Uh, then you, then you, 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 you've even, you've even got some of the really quick players like Sterling. Um, you think they would upset him, but he hasn't. He just hasn't flut. He hasn't fluttered, or he hasn't. He hasn't been caught out by anybody yet for me. No, no. And that's been it's... the big thing. Even Mo Salah and and. I know he's playing on the other side. Oh, I know. He did got, a really good job on most. You know, Salah. you know yeah, the point Marne, is yeah. Marne, Marne, who's quick as, by the way. Yeah. Um, they're not catching him out, and I'm thinking, and he's growing in confidence all the time. But you and, know and, the defense. If you look at the defense as a whole, rather than individuals, mm. you know, if you look at yep. Samedo, if if we say Samedo, Eight Nuri, Size, Kilman, and Cody, are they all? All five of them, are they all better than last season defensively? The answer from virtually all Wolves fans would be yes. So there must be something in the background. We were absolutely awful on a set piece. We're now going going into the new year having not conceded a single set piece. You know, well, the the only team in the Premier League not to have conceded a set piece. So, so that that you know, someone like Tony Roberts. They practice. They practice set pieces like. So Tony Roberts apparently, who's a goalkeeper coach, is also the set piece guy. So he's the person who arranges and organises the set piece and the second ball on the set piece, both in terms of attacking and defensive. So it's not just a coincidence that all five are improved yeah. on last year there must be something within the coaching and within the background and you, we have to give credit to the the backroom staff yeah. here you know yeah but, but believe it believe it or not manny mm. um that's why they, they go in training every day and they work at this kind of stuff i know that it yeah. seems familiar i remember there was a lady once come to me and um come uh said uh oh 
I met her at a fu- you know at a function as you do, <laughs> and uh, she was she was dressed up all ve- very, very very uh, very nicely. She said, "Oh, oh, um, <laughs> tell me, Mel, tell me, um, what do you do? Ju- what do you do during the week? Then do you just do you just open shops and things like that? You know." <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking, well, we actually train pretty well every day. Um, and she was so surprised. She just thought you, that we all just kind of rocked up there at about half past two, just went and get changed, went straight onto the pitch, played, come back. And then we didn't, do, we just came back for the next game. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just, no, it's amazing how you've got to rewrite, realize that some people just haven't got a Scooby. <laughs> They have not oh, got a Scooby Doo. We know. She, Most of them run, was, run the country. We know. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. But, but yeah. So we we sometimes make the um, make the mistake of kind of assuming, which makes an ass out of you and me, that people know how how everything works, but they don't. And so, and you've hit the the nail on the head there, Manny, in the fact that. You know, and uh, and Amy said, "Yeah, they work at it, and you don't get the kind of results on a consistent basis that Wolves do if they don't work at it consistently. You know, and they're getting the results because they're putting the work in on that yeah. tra- on the training ground down at Compton. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, we talked about like our standout players for the year. I think we've talked about like Saar and Kilman and." Cody over the course of the year, the year you know, has been incredibly, especially like since the, the new season started. But Amy, I'm going to fire this one at you first. If um, what would your low point from a Wolves point of view this year be, and what would your high point be for 2021? Uh, I think Nuno going was tough. To be fair, I think um, we obviously. It was just a bit of a shock of it all, wasn't it? Like, we know yeah. last season wasn't great, but I think especially when we've talk, spoken about this on the extra time shows when we are in lockdown, there was a lot, for me personally, there was a lot of other reasons for that. Um, and I think it was a bold move of the club to do it. And I think in hindsight now, looking back, I do agree it was the right thing to do because I think if it had have continued, if Nuno had stayed and continued this season, there wouldn't have been the changes that we've just discussed in the type of play and the type of setup. It would just kind of, continued probably wouldn't have had any more backing for x y and z reason so i think it would have turned quite sour quite quickly and um i obviously feel for what happened to him at spurs i really do because i think he's a great guy that just kind of got run run into the ground almost by that spurs job and it's um you know sort of seen online some fans like bad mouth him and say she's just gone back to portugal he like betrayed wolves and all of this stuff but he got sacked at the end of the day like he did get sacked from wolves um, so I think that was a bit of a low point, but then on the flip side, I think it was definitely for the right reasons and was definitely the change that needed to happen at that time. So fair play to the board. They're there to do a job. They don't have the emotional attachment that we do as fans um, have. So, you know, that was a good move from then. And then I think the also low point was losing to the Albion, only getting a point off them, but I don't really want to talk about that too much. Um, and the high point for me was Villa. <laughs> Villa away. <laughs> um, it's just unbelievable. Like, that is, for me, 15 minutes of epitomising why we go through all the heartache and the pain and 
everything <clears throat> just for those 15 minutes of like complete joy and pandemonium and everyone falling on one another and all of that stuff so yeah I think that was probably the best but like I said there's been some some great talent come out at the start of the season I think Kilman for me is player of the season I was a big fan of him last year and well, I think I did, and you're on about Nuno him. as well Amy I'm not sure he would have got his chance under Nuno because he didn't No, really... I don't think he would I don't it was all rumours of him going and everything happens for a reason doesn't it and I just yeah I think it was tough to take at the time but that was just more emotion of it all but it was good he got to walk away from Wolves and 95% of fans will still consider him the hero and god that he was is <coughs> in the city so I think yeah absolutely and Manny for you your for me, you know I'll, cha- uh, uh, I'll change it a little bit because obviously you know the Villa match was such a um emotional match to watch even though I wasn't there present so I wouldn't have experienced what Amy did um I'd say the lowest point for me was watching Wolves play against Burnley at home uh, even though we, we we weren't there so we were in lockdown nobody's allowed to go and then we watched Wolves play Burnley and Chris Wood um completely utterly battered us and this was a Burnley team not even really doing that well and it was so it just your heart sank and you thought what the hell when we do go back what have we got to look forward to mm. you know and um it, that was i think that was that was one of those games i know that the albion game was you know you know but i think that game was probably a real big another one in fosen's head where we thought oh, we can't we can't if we can't compete against burnley at home then something might be wrong <laughs> you know and it was that was probably watching from afar the lowest um and the, and the best moment i'm going to change it a little bit and it was southampton away um we needed a win we'd had a pretty iffy start even though we'd played well and and raul you know gets the ball from that long clearance twists in and out and and puts the ball in the back of the net and you know after everything he's been through and we've all seen the documentary and you know how close he probably was to never playing football ever again. To see, to see a player rise from that, get back onto a pitch, and then score like this individual goal um, where he's on his own against the defence, and you, you, we're, we're actually shouting for him to pass it wide, pass it wide. But he then he knows what he's doing, and he finds the back and that, and that celebration and the and the win. I thought that was a real big moment. Um, uh, uh, having um, him back scoring goals. So I'd go for that as a highlight of this season. Yeah. It's probably a highlight Raul, highlight Raul in general, making the recovery that he has. And I think it's obviously rings more true after everyone's watched that documentary of just how incredibly close to, I mean, not even not playing football anymore. Not, you know, if he'd have had that elsewhere where they've not got the second yeah. things to have happened to him, then it could be a completely different story. So I think that's just in hard to watch but incredible to watch and witness it's inspiring and... inspiring it gives you hope as well as you know um emotion it gives you hope as well that people you can actually make a comeback and the body is a resilient thing and with it with enough support around you you can battle back from uh, you know and just that chris wood absolutely battering us another high for me is how we have played the chris woods the antonios you know the, the strikers that absolutely mauled us didn't get a kick. We beat West Ham, yeah. you know, and we and we 
we played really well, I thought, against Burnley. And it just shows you that, you know, um, the changes that have made because they, those are the kind of strikers we couldn't we couldn't handle. So that's a positive of the season, of the whole year as well, I suppose. But um, yeah, I'd go for the roll goal and 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 you, and you Mel, because probably on you're on Coventry a lot of the time when you're uh, you're there. Yeah. So I'll just echo what Amy and and Manny are saying in the fact mm-hmm. that uh, I was at Villa and. Uh, I'm actually next to Gary Thompson, who's doing it for the, who's more, who's obviously an ex-Villa yeah. Villa striker. I'm a Wolves striker. On WM? On WM. We're at the yeah. front of the, we're at the front of the, the press box. You've got Mike Taylor, who's doing the commentary next mm. to, on uh, Gary's left. I'm on Gary's right. So we're in the middle and got Daz Hale here on the right. And Daz Hale, he's actually running the show, running the, um, what you call the, BBC Sport for the day, West Midlands, yeah. obviously WM. So he he's not commentating, but he's he, he's there. So he's he's not live. Anyway, two two nil down. I'm i virtually sat to Gary Top. Well, yeah, Villa have probably probably done enough to edge this, you know, and that you know Wolves Wolves haven't really done enough. And uh, anyway, Wolves get that one back, don't they? Anyway, does does elbows me? He's going, come on. He said, could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when we get into 2 2, he's, he's going ballistic here, Daz, but he's not on air. So nobody knows. <laughs> and I've got, to, I've got to restrain myself because obviously anything I say, they can pick up. Yeah. So then I'm going, yeah, yeah, Wolves have, Wolves have deserved it. I said, I'd be a bit gutted if I was Villa because the, before that, they've probably done yeah. enough to win the game, you know. But um, in a game, a few few chances and uh, and what have you. But then when we got the winner, me and Daz, we were both out the seats. <laughs> I was out the seat. It yeah. was scenes. It was actual scenes. And, and, and I'd got, I'd got, scenes. I'd, that's it. I'd got my camera. I'd got my uh, my mobile, and I was I was I was filming the the Wolves fans right opposite us. Mm. Um, you know where all the big all the Wolves fans were. Oh, it was amazing. And I just said. The place has gone absolutely ballistic. <laughs> Gary Thompson's on my left. He's kind of stunned. He's kind of going. You can see he's. It's like. It's like a a big air balloon. You've put a pin in it. It's just gone. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. utterly deflated. They cannot believe what had happened. Mm. So I mean, to to witness that and to obviously, uh, cold comments on it commentate on it or summarise on it um, was wonderful. The, I'd say I, w- I had the pleasure of being, of doing the, um, the Southampton game away, Manny. And uh, yeah. I was absolutely waxing lyrical about Raul uh, yeah. with that goal. It was, it was wonderful. Hmm. And then um, I was also waxing lyrical because you mentioned about the fact that we'd got bullied a little bit by West Ham, Mikel Antonio in particular, yeah. um, and I was, I was thought, I thought, at the timing of the season and how things were going, that and West Ham were flying, weren't they? I think they'd they just were, beaten yeah. Liverpool, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought, what a test this is! If we can get something out of this, and I think the vast majority of Wolves fans would have taken a draw before the game. I think. Oh, easily, hundred yeah. percent. I was yeah. terrified before that game. I yeah, thought we were going to get and I think most people, <laughs> Amy, you've just, you've just 
absolutely said what everybody's thinking. <laughs> Everybody was a little bit was very nervous about it because we didn't we didn't want to get spanked four four nil as we did, at, uh, you know, the, in previous seasons. And uh, but the way we went about it, and then the goal that we did score, I we did an absolutely magnificent defensive job as a team because mm. you defend as a team. It's not just the back three and the keeper. Yeah, defended as a team. And then the, that goal, the, the interpassing all the way up to, um, I think it was Pedence pulling it, pulling it back for um, for Raúl to and, and how Pedence picked the, the pass, the composure to pick the pass. Oh, he's he's, he's a talent, Pedence. Make no uh, mistake about it. You know, I think he's great to have in the team. As you say, he, he might not start every game, but um, he's a tremendous talent, and. Uh, you know, I think that was one of the highlights for me was the West Ham game on the two fronts. Both the fact that we we dealt with the the, the challenge that West Ham give to every team, physically mainly, because um, they've got some big units. I mean, you look at uh, in midfield, Suchek and and uh, it's, it's it's usually Rice. Um, you know, they're both six. You know, good six one, six two lads. Really good physically, but they get box to box as well. They're good on the floor. They score, but Suchek especially scores goals. Um, so, and then the front three are very good. Obviously, Antonio causes most people problems, but I thought we we did such a good job that day. I, that that was probably one of the most pleasing ninety minutes for me mm. that we that we played. And you're talking about um, disappointments. Was can I swear on this? Uh, well, if beep, beep. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just going to say one word. VAR. Um, yeah, we're going to come on to that. <laughs> we're going to come on to, as a separate VAR. section, that is. Hold, your, hold your horses, Mel. Hold your horses. Well, all I'm saying is VAR, Manchester City. Yeah. And I said, I called it at the time. That was be yeah. before I had the, the benefit of actually seeing mm. a still on, on the screen in front of me at the Etihad. Um, and I called it on the radio and I said, that's never a penalty. And, and I tell you what, good instinct, I know, because Joe, Martin, Joe Martino's reaction was the key. He was going apoplectic. Joe Martino's reaction was to say, it's, it, it's here, it's hit me here. In other words, in other words, as soon as he went out for a corner, he just went, nah, you know, as if someone were appealing for a penalty, he just went, nah, it's there. And he, he didn't expect... To be, to be given a penalty, it was nowhere near a penalty. It's never a penalty in a million years, and and this is where this is where corruption comes in for me. In the you've got to be careful what you say, and I didn't say that. On the, Don't worry, yeah. set, allegedly, set, allegedly. Set is not watching this. Set I didn't say allegedly, but if if that's if that's not big club bias, I don't know what is. You know, you know what? What he just said. When people hear the word corruption, and they say, "Well, oh, that's that's a bit far fetched," a bit, you know. Actually, believe it or not, you know, I I look at other countries, and you look at China and India, especially in their sporting events. We know it's rife because it's so much money. There's so much money involved in the sport. Oh, You're talking billions and billions of pounds changing hands, millions on players, huge wages. It's so easy to try and tempt someone actually oh. and people get tempted so you know when people mention corruption they do bat it away but you see some of the decisions and you know like Chelsea and 
and Man United and and the penalty decisions they get and you see others and it does baffle you and we've got no proof sitting here that that happens. Well, but well, there's, that's why you know, I'm saying, you know that's why I'm, I'm I'm when I mentioned corruption. Yeah, I'm not saying so. I'm not mentioning a certain person or people are corrupt. Yeah, I'm just saying that that's what's that's that for me. But the thing is that we're so arrogant in this country to believe that oh well, what that only happens in um, in in other places. Yeah, you know, and you're thinking really. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, it... the biggest decision next year. You know, the biggest decision that FIFA have made is to hold a World Cup in a country that has no history of football at all. That's not about reaching other destinations. That's all about money. Qatar is all about money, money, money. Fill, filling the pockets of the of the, the money men in football, buying the votes and getting the World Cup. And that's all that's about. It's about, that's the biggest bribery scandal you could ever... And Alleg yeah, alleged, FIFA... alleged, allegedly, you have to put. No, you have to, you have to yeah. insert alleged. No, that's that's that's. I hundred percent believe that they can come for me if they want. <laughs> I'm with you, Manny. I hundred percent agree. There's no there's no two ways about it. That is, it should have been in England in the summer next year. Like it should have been England 2022, and that is that. There's no and way. It's it's the winter, and they're having to shorten the season before we get on to talking about refereeing because there is a question on this. Um, my uh, lowest point, I'll, I'll, I'll get through mine pretty quickly. I think um, Nuno, when he was sacked, I was, like everyone, a lot. I was really down. I, I think it was more the shock than anything else. I think like Amy's touched on because it came out of absolutely nowhere. We're all thinking, OK, let's crack on next season. And it was very well thought of and loved by the majority. I know there's a lot of people that were quite British on getting him out. Um, but he went, you get over it, don't you? And Bruno Large, I said I said at the time, it's going to go one way or the other, this decision. And it, as Amy referred to, I think he's doing a decent job. He's doing a good job. I don't think we're going to see the best of a Bruno Large team until we've got through another two uh, transfer windows, the January one and next summer, because obviously he's still playing with a lot of the, his squad. He's got his ideas on how he wants to play. And he has been bought in to be an attacking Manager, and I think we saw that early doors in the season. But he has been very philosophical and built from the back, and he's doing something right with that. And I think, I think if come next season, I think we'll start seeing us being a little bit more. Maybe the system will change. Um, I think the Crystal Palace away game, the whole. I think the weather was horrible. We were just passing. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, it was a miserable, miserable weekend. We just. The game was there at half time. I thought he should have gone to three midfielders at that, brought Donk on, and we lost the midfield. We lost the game. I thought that was a low point. Obviously, people have mentioned Burnley. Um, Southampton away, I went for the weekend. It was brilliant. The sun was out. Um, it was a brilliant atmosphere. Raul scored that goal. You saw the, um, obviously, from our fans' point of view, we were ecstatic, and the way Mel says he took the goal. But when you could see the what it meant to the whole team, Raul scoring that goal, the emotion for the as a team for him scoring that, and it just meant so much to everyone. But of course, I, I don't think you can top the Villa game. Uh, I'll just let you into a little bit of an insight. My uh, my niece's uh, fella 
went to the game. He got a ticket. Doesn't go. He must have picked up someone's ticket. He was there. It was literally sitting behind me. Um, and he went, all right, Dave. I was like, right. He went. He left. He left. He went 20 minutes to go. He said, Dave, I can't watch any more of this. I'm going, all right. There's 25 minutes to go. Anything can still happen. It's only 2-0. 2-0, dangerous score on it. Okay, we were being dominated and, you know, we didn't look like it. But he, he went and I just and he missed what is it's only happened two other times in the Premier League. A team that's been losing into the 81st minute has come back and won 3 2. It's only happened three times, Wolves being one of them. And like so, you say, a law, law of averages, he was probably okay to go, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but you don't, probably this is why you never leave a game early. I never understand I it personally, but like. When the first one gets in, we're like, come on, we can get a point. When Cody equalises, we're, we're going nuts. We think, we've got a point. We've got a point. And then Traore makes that run, as he does. He hasn't got any assists, but he made that free kick. Neves, we're thinking, it's the 94th minute. I'm, I'm obviously vlogging it. I'm saying on my vlog, can you imagine what's going to happen? If this goes in, it's going to be bedlam. If you haven't watched that vlog, watch it on my channel. It's unbelievable. That the the it's the atmosphere and the reactions of the fans, insane. And then he shoots, and obviously it's not a world, is it? It hits. Is it tap target on the the side? And we all lose the ball, or I felt a lot lost the track of the ball for a second, split second, and then you just see the ball going. Like this, and everyone's like, "It looks like so slow motion." And it's oh. slow motion, and then it, the whole place erupted, and it was for about five minutes afterwards. We're still hugging strangers, running around, going nuts. The villa—I mean, Villa Park—emptied. I think after the second goal, very fast, and then it was—it oh, was, it was insane. And to be there to witness that, all the lows and everything that you go through as a fan, and and to be able to embrace that i can't that's got to be my number one moment for the year for me to be to be honest that that game was it was just yeah still i'm buzzing about it even now <laughs> even now uh mel we got so we're going we've got question i'm going to get on to var i, I know manny and amy will have something to say about this as well comes from joe on twitter he says, ref, were mel were the refs as bad in mel eves's day as what and what is his thoughts as having Mike Dean and a Villa fan on VAR again for the Man U game? Um, Please do not swear. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I, think, I think the VAR is, is a tool. It's a bit like anything else. It's a bit like mobile phones, computers, um, anything. And the tools on, that, on those... It's a tool that can be used. Um, it's a bit like it's a bit like a you know your best your best Swiss Army knife or something. It's a tool, <laughs> but in the wrong hands, it can be it can cause blooming mayhem. Kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In the right hands, uh, you know, uh, top top surgeon can save somebody's life. In the wrong hand, it can take somebody's life. So. It's the same with VAR. But the, the, the big thing with VAR, it should be, it should be more, certainly more um, yes or no, black or white. And even the ones where 99% of the people are saying, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's a goal or that's not a goal, they're disagreeing with. 
Mm. And I'm thinking, really? Because the vast majority of the ones that I get to look at, and I'm I'm commentating on or I'm summarising the the commentary from usually Mike Taylor, um, I will say, well, before I even look at it, my gut feeling says, yeah, yeah, this. And I go with my gut feeling. Very, very rare. The occasional offside, which is very, very marginal, they might do, I might get it wrong, but the vast majority of the time, gut feeling spot on. Um, now, sometimes the, 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 the decisions from the referee, they, and some of the times when they don't ask for the VAR, that's the one that's me. I'm thinking, hold on, VAR is there to help the referee make really important decisions. Against Chelsea, um, Conte and Gola Conte should have been sent off. Could have easily been sent off if the, the, if the, ref, if the, if the, the uh, if the, through. If the yeah, exactly. If the referee says he did now, he didn't give anything. That was the point. It's obviously a foul. Conte's arm isn't isn't like that. It's out. It's out. It's there. It's forty five degrees. It's it's stopping. He's he's he clearly handled it, and. Um, he had plenty of time. It wasn't as if the ball was kicked kicked at him from a, a yard or two yards away. So he got plenty of time to adjust. He didn't. It's a handball. The referee's got a decision to make there. But he gives he gives the third decision. It's usually only one or two decisions, yes or no. But he gives a uh, nothing to, nothing to see there, Gov. Mm. Oh. Nothing to answer there for. Well, we've got all we've got all the evidence. We've got all the evidence, Gov. There it is. Oh no, sorry, nothing to see here. In other words, it's just brushed under the carpet. And the the big thing with VAR is it's supposed to give what you would call even fairness and the right decisions. Um that you know, the clear cut decisions, it's supposed to help out with that if there's a, a clear, um, a, a, a clear, uh, you know, kind it's of clear, mistake. It's clear and obvious error, isn't it? That's what it's, that's what they say in the terminology. Yeah, it's, it's a clear and obvious mistake, but it's not used it's, for that. It's supposed to collect. Thanks for, thanks for helping me, Amy. It's all I right, the, no worries. I have, I have these senior moments, I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> so, uh, I, it's supposed to clear up clear and obvious errors. That was a clear and obvious error. So why hasn't VAR said to the referee? You know the question you are just asked, why, why, why? And this is, if you watch cricket or if you watch then rugby, it, then... rugby, if you watch other um, uh, sports that have been using this type of technology for a number of years, yep. straight away, when, as, as the person watching, you hear... The VAR guy saying um, the attacker did this, the defender did this, and that's what we think. And you you get a clear <laughs> vision. So when Martinho puts his arm out and it hits his ribs, we should be able to hear a VAR official say to the referee, we've had a look at it, we think it's hit his arm, or it's not hit his arm. We should be able to hear that conversation. Well, well they do like they're doing rugby, and yeah, and, yeah, and we should be able to hear the well, even you know, even in American, and, and then, American yeah. football, which have been going yeah. on for longer than than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
they do they do get the help and that they actually tell them exactly what they think this is yes. it foul foul by number 55 bum yeah. bum bum defender yeah bump that way you know yeah. and that's it and, and- but the thing is, you, you when you ha- hear that you've got information, a lot of the time we haven't got, we've got no information. Here we are, how many weeks after the event, and none of us actually know what the referee thought, uh, well, what it, the it, VAR it, official thought, and what decision they came to. You just get a statement. They quite clear. They quite clear. that they yeah. couldn't find the correct still, and Matt yeah, the day the, found the correct uh, well, still quite quickly. Well, Amy, I was... I watch, ma- I watch match of the day most of the time, unless I'm at, you know, if I'm at a function or, or I'm out at the pub. When I say function, it could be at the pub, don't we? You know. <laughs> but um, I watch match of the day in particular, and I was just, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, what are they going to say about this? Because I was apoplectic, really, and I'm trying not, to, trying not to swear, because obviously I'm on the BBC, aren't I? <laughs> so one has to be very, very proper. <laughs> and um, and I did everything but, to be perfectly honest, that's within the, the guidelines to say, well, you can't, you've got to be careful about calling them cheats. You've got to be careful about corruption. You've got to be careful about this. But I'm saying everything that virtually points to the fact that we, we, have, we was robbed, mate. We was robbed. They've had yeah. three years, three years of trying to sort it out. And actually, they've made it worse. They've made well, the system I, worse, in I my think, eyes. I yeah. think. It's it, people from the other sports, cricket, rugby, not so much cricket, but certain, yes, cricket, but certainly rugby and American football. Yeah. Um, they must, they must think it's, they must think it's so Mickey Mouse the way that we, and this is the, you know, the world sport, football played in more countries than any. American football is like. The World Series and all this business, but because that's in America, because it's played in America, yeah. Because they don't, most Americans don't realise there's anything outside America. But <laughs> sorry if, to the American viewers today, but to carry on. <laughs> my, my American friends would agree with me. Yeah, go on. <laughs> but it is. It's so amateur in the most professional sport. There's so much money involved throughout the world now in the Premier League. That they still can't get, they still can't get about, the VAR. You know, the original, I don't, original... I don't think, I don't think it, I don't think it's VAR that's the problem. I think it's the people running VAR. I think the <laughs> level of referees in this country at the moment, in Premier League referees, well, is absolutely appalling. You think there's a little bit... VAR technology is the technology, technology. technology, but it's the application of it. Yeah, well, yeah. What is incorrect? They still so absolutely, not absolutely. I mean, I've said. I've said yeah, and I've said that the technology itself is, is first is first class, and it should be it should be. Used. I don't think it is. I still think <laughs> it isn't. If you're it's, saying it's, we didn't have not... all the angles, if you're saying you can't hear what the referee and the VAR official, I think is that's saying, an excuse. If you can't draw lines properly from the the point of but where that's the, the application the of people is. using so it, in my that's opinion, that's what I'm saying. So so it hasn't got all the things that we need it to be. You know, obviously it's going to be a human being who designs everything and puts it out there. It hasn't got everything we need to give us the right information. I don't think. The actual system, compared to the system tennis have introduced, the system cricket have introduced, the system that rugby have introduced, they've still got human beings running it, the system is much more clearer, it's accurate, you hear things, you see lines, it looks visually, it looks really 
right in front of reasons why many, they don't want it how to many, be that How many times have you seen it offside? We are watching football in ultra HD 4K, and then we get an offside decision with the still that looks like it's been taken on your, you know, uh, Olympus 535 millimeter camera from like 30 years ago, and, and that still happens. I think you know? I think the offside this season is a lot better though. I genuinely think that there's not as many controversial things about the offside now because they've given the benefit of the attacking players. They a didn't lot do more that yesterday though, did they? Yeah, I, think I, the, I think Kane was offside though. <laughs> He was. I, I, I was listening to Talk Sporter and they're on about like it should be just on their foot. And I'm like, you're never going to get a perfect system with the offside. But he yeah, was but... more, it, they, there is a bigger tolerance. And he and he had the momentum going forward. And now strikers are always going to be going forward to to make that run. And he, but he's not, the thing he is, you know what? I, I, if, you, if you're talking about a game which is about scoring goals, creating excitement. You know, Kane ain't going to score a goal with his arm. He can't score it. So if he's leaning forward, you know. It wasn't, it, it wasn't his arm, was it? It, was, it his... was. it was his sleeve. It was his sleeve. To, that's where the line was drawn, from its sleeve. He ain't going to score a goal with that part. You know, he, he, they would disallow it if he I did think that. overall the offside has been a lot better with the AR this I'd agree with that. There's not been as many toes and fingernails or whatever we had last year offside. So I think that's, that for me is improved. But I think it... I think the thing which summed it up for me is when we look back to the City weekend game, all the top teams had penalties that weekend that meant that they won their games. And you say about the application and stuff, but there's there's obviously there is something behind it because that's just for me that's just that's just too coincidental. The fact that these teams are getting these decisions and Wolves haven't had one penalty this year. Just going back to the Man City game, because I know we're going back to that, and it's been been referenced uh, in many TV programmes. I think it was being referenced um, on Match of the Day uh, last night when I think um, someone was talking about about it. It was how do you think the fact that there was a Mariner who is a Villa fan, you know, we know was on that game, was on that game. That there was a personal bias that because how can he they say there was well, he didn't didn't see with all the multiple camera angles they showed it on match of the day within two seconds that they couldn't see that that was off that 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 didn't hit yeah. his arm and everyone 100%, else hundred percent it's biased There's, that's why I say it's the referees and the people that are running it that's what the floor is because the referees aren't upset Jonathan Marsh should not be a referee I'd be a better referee than he is because. He's he's awful. Which game did he ref the other day? Was it the Spurs Palace game on Sunday? Awful. He was a horrific, he's horrific. Absolutely He's got no yeah. control over the game whatsoever, and the players know. And then the and then VAR has to whoever's man in VAR has to come. Uh, you know, was there the a player home, on the pitch? The there was a home game. Amy, there was a home game recently. We yeah, had. There was. Yeah. Who was it? No, no, there was one that we had where the referee was really good. Let's be honest. It was one, only one game, only one game, and we didn't really know him. <laughs> we didn't know, know his name, and he was unnoticed. I can't remember. Which, the goal. Was it the Liverpool Was it West game? Ham or was it was it was it? It was a newish one. I can't remember his yeah. name. Anyway, he was a newish. It was, it was, it was, was his first game. game. When I he think went, it was, actually, I think it, it was the Burnley game. I think it was the Burnley game. Yeah, and, and, um, and you know, so there must. Yeah, there must be. We should have won that game. Obviously, that was the one when Adam. Yes. Smash the crossbar, yeah. Smash the crossbar. But, but what I'm saying is, like, there's a definite decline in refereeing standards. Everybody can see that. You know, we are now sitting here 
Monday. Looking forward to our first game, hopefully, Touchwood. And we're all, uh, Mike Dean, Andrew Maronet, because we know these guys. Mike Dean is a, show, he's a, he's, he's a showman. He, he, he likes to be the centre of attention and he wants to, you know, be seen. He's on TV. It's Old Trafford. You know, he ain't going to stay out the way. He's not going to stay out the limelight and then let the goal game flow. You know, and then you've got this guy in VAR who is, what the hell? You know, the guy has made so many bad decisions. For me, when you make a decision on any any moment, you have to be positive. If you're not positive, you can't give the decision. So if you, as soon as you think, oh, I don't, did that touch his arm? As soon as you got that question, you can't give a positive decision, i.e. penalty. A penalty can only be a penalty if you are positive. Yes, it has hit his arm. So as soon as you've got a doubt, which he did have because VAR took so long. So the longer it goes on, the guy's obviously looking, looking, looking. He's got to say, I can't give that a penalty because I've got doubt. As soon as you've got a doubt, you can't give the positive, you know, you have to, you can't just say, oh, go on then, give a penalty because it may have hit his arm. Or Well, we I were just, hoping because usually you know. the longer it takes, it's, it's the 99% chances they're going to reverse the decision. So me and my dad was like, oh, yeah, they're going to reverse they it. Were just, and then, they were just course, talking with us, eh, mate. There was there was somebody in the VAR room um, having a brown, brown brown envelope underneath the door, probably allegedly. I was really hungover, so they probably thought, "Oh, look at that girl in the crowd! They're going to make a day even worse." The thing, the thing is that um, it is all about getting the right decision, and when when Wolves only lose the game to that decision, yeah. And we've played for the whole of the second half with that with ten men, because um, Raul got sent off just before half time. Didn't he? So, um, what a what what a wonderful performance from Wolves, um, and you know, on, on how to, how to defend as a team and limit Brilliant. Man City to very very few chances, and um, I'm. That was why it was just one of the, the biggest kick in the what's-its um, to lose just for that one decision. And, and, and it, was, it was, as we, has been proven, totally and utterly incorrect. It wasn't even a 50... It was a, oh, well, some, sometimes you'll get that, sometimes you won't. It should have been a categorically... Categorically, it was not a penalty. Even if it was yeah. a 50-50, I don't think you can give a 50-50 decision. Well, it has to be... It is and then you look, it isn't. You, know. you look in the context of of um, the play. You look in the context. It's right on the edge of the box. It's going the the guy's not shooting towards goal, so it's not as if it's stopping a goal bound shot. He's he's not picking out anybody. Um, really, you look in the whole context and of everything. It's so unfair and corrupt. It is absolutely unfair. You know, someone's just mentioned me. Mike, Mike Dean. I watched this live on telly when that game where that long-range shot was about to go in the net and he ran across the line of the ball going towards the goal. He ran across in front and, you know, he made, rather than running away to be out of the way of the action, he ran in front of the ball and then the guy shoots and it ends up in the top corner. You know, and I thought, what that's something like that basic refereeing that's like basic refereeing knowing where to position yourself where to run where to be how to see the whole game and you've got these like almost like utterly utterly like almost clowns these guys are just in it to be on tv i think and just make a 
a name for themselves, it seems. It seems like he revels on people having a go at him, Mike Dean, and and te- telling us that he's a showman. He thinks he's winking at the camera. He's like, you know, he does well, things that antagonises football fans and then he makes decisions that are so absurd. And quite clearly, that favour the bigger teams, you know. Well, the other thing is that the big thing about that isn't the fact that he's, for me, isn't the fact mm. that he's given a penalty in the first place. Because the thing is, the ball's gone out for a corner. So he blows his whistle. Yeah, it's a corner. Or it's or it's a corner or a penalty. So he's blowing his whistle. He then wants time, doesn't he? He then, well, help me, <laughs> help me out, will you? I think it might have been a penalty, is it? And that's it. And then he just stops. Then he just stops. It, stops so it. what were refs saying, like in your yeah, time, in your know. day? Sorry. In your day, yeah. what were refs like? How, how did they... How did you? What type of relationship did you have with wrestling? Well, you, the thing is, you know. the the difference which I see now is that you could. I don't see it as much now. What's well, nowhere near as much. You could actually talk to the referees when when I played. Yeah. You could actually ask them a civil question. You know, and I'd you know you turn around and say, "Flip, yeah, that was a goal kick ref. Mm. You know, it's come off so and so." And or you'd say, "You got that wrong," and you go, "Yeah, I might go, uh, yeah." I might have got that wrong, but then he turned around and said, "Well, you're not having the best of games yourself, are you?" And uh, <laughs> but, but you respected you, him for probably that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you won't, you won't see, yeah. you won't see him having that now, or you won't see him having the banter with the players in the right way, where you knew it wasn't favouring one team or the other. He was just doing his job and just calling it. If you knew a, if you knew a ref was fair, that's all you want. That's all you want. Then they're going to give the best decision that they can. Um, but it, I it's, think, yeah, I think we've it's, probably done it's, this. It's it's travelling over too. Is it this this the problem? The problem that till midnight and we'd be it's still at yeah. the same point. And unless we well, just, move on from it, unless too, we right? magically get this like um, you know you still, load you, of new referees arrive. You still get the problem that you yeah. you very rarely you very rarely get a penalty. The away team very rarely gets a penalty at Old Trafford. A penalty at Man City, a penalty at Liverpool. Well, hopefully you know we'll mean? get a penalty on, on Monday to start the new year off well. Let's hope. Unless it's clear well, and obvious, Mike Dean won't give it, but... Uh, well, <laughs> just, um, just unless, wear red shirts for the game or something. <laughs> well, yeah, unless it's... It's Mike, it's Mike Dean, the referee then. Do we know who it is? Yes, Mike he is Dean, the referee. Mariner oh, on VAR. Oh, Manchester yes. United have you been joking? struggling because so they've, they've called in Mike Dean for some help. I was going to say they've called both of them in then, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, they've yeah. called the big guns in, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. anyway. Um, look, I've got another question uh, which we want to move on looking forward to the uh, to 2022. Um, from Kev Wolf, do you feel Fosen are doing a good enough job running the football side of things? Uh, and also a couple of other questions about um, the January window and how you think we're going to fare the rest of the season. Amy, we'll go with you on this one first. Okay. What's the question? Was that, okay. was that the question or was there a, what, was there a what, Are Fosen doing a good enough job? And, oh, um, I thought you were going to ask the question then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think in terms of Fosen, I think it would be proof is in the pudding. I think someone mentioned on the comments earlier the fact that um, Large is doing a good job considering the team is very much an inherited team um, and I think we'll be able to see if they give him his opportunity with some cash in January. Um, I think retaining players is important. I don't think we've got enough 
I think that's probably the priority is retaining players. And um, I think we've got a few good people that will come back, i.e. Neto and Johnny Otto and hopefully Bolly as well. So there's another option at the back um, when they've been back from African Cup of Nations. But I think that, you know, I don't think you can say Foson aren't doing a good job. They'd have obviously had influence in the Nuno decision. And I think we've touched on the fact that it probably was the right thing to do, um, given the what's oh, happened fun. since... Um, so and I think January transfer windows I haven't really got anyone in mind I don't really go into too much rumours on transfers because usually they're a load of rubbish so um, I just think we need to strengthen up front <coughs> um, and just get that working I think we've got the talent there I think it's I do think that it's very obvious from the coaching staff the focus has been the defence I don't, don't there's obviously like we said before something happening in the behind the scenes about that. So I don't necessarily know whether a signing is needed. It might just be getting those players to work better together. Signings don't fix everything. Um, William Jose scored one goal last year and he was the the key signing last year's January transfer window. So <laughs> we shall see. Manny, you're, you're, you're almost... Yeah, uh, first of all, like, let's, let's start on a bit of a positive because... I um Fosen got rid of Nuno and they bought in Bruno Large. So let's go through the team. We got a better goalkeeper. Yes. Yes, I think so. Yeah. All five defenders are better at defending than last year. Yes. Yes. Joe yeah. Matinho has totally shocked and surprised me how fit and strong and how he's lasting through games because everyone thought his legs are gone. Yes. Yes. Ruben Neves is a better Ruben Neves than last year. Yes, he's playing further forward, isn't he? Further forward, he, that that pass, mate, that pass he did for the Brighton goal for against Brighton, right? That pass, that was De Bruyne, that was Messi. We'd have it. There'd be gifts and memes. There'd be like it'd be all around the world. Unbelievable the the pace, the accuracy, because it's such a short space to do that and land it right on a sixpence, and it was a good finish, we know, but amazing. So. Oh, those easy, are yeah. real. Those are real great, great positives. The negative is obviously with not scoring goals. So they decided last year to spend thirty-five million quid on a striker who now looks like he will never get a kick at Wolves. Let's be honest. Huang was injured. Raul was injured, and still couldn't get on the pitch. Right. So we've got a problem, and it's scoring goals. And Arfosen doing a good job. They're better owners than we've had in previous times. They got us to Europe. They've done lots of good things. But this January, I think, is fairly important. And it's quite clear, I think Mel mentioned at the start, those players we've got, they're not natural goal scorers. They're not going to... Traore suddenly ain't going to score you 15 goals a season. Trinko's not going to score you 10, 15 goals a season. You know, um, Hwang looked like he was on a bit of a run. And, and to be fair, he took his goals well. But then he seemed like he was going missing as well in a lot of games. So there's not an obvious um, natural, apart from Pedro Neto coming back, that we've got a hope of trying to convert and, and score these goals. So I think we do need to go into the transfer window and look at whether it's a striker or someone just behind the striker or an advanced midfielder. You know, um, we've got to create more and take more when the chances come we have to take those chances because 13 goals 
is unbelievable. We, first third of January, we've only scored 13 goals. Defence brilliant, we know that. 17 home goals in the whole calendar year. 17 home goals. I think Man City scored that in three games. <laughs> we've we've played in a year, for a year. You know, um, it is that problem needs to be addressed, and that yeah. problem just isn't um, you know getting everyone fit and working together. I think there's a we just haven't got natural finishers, comfortable because we've had the chances. We can't say we haven't had chances. We've had some real good one on one as well. How one many on one yeah, we've had, and, and and they're just the composure the natural ability to hit the ball properly, low and hard, all those things that you think about of like, you know, good good strikers and good goal scorers. Wolves don't seem to have that in theirs. Traore doesn't fill you with any confidence if he's one on one. Um Trinko's the same, doesn't fill you in confidence. He's right in front of goal. Um Raul's coming back and, and we know he can finish, but he's not quite there. So we need we need to address this problem. The, and the think... irony is that before the season, we're all talking about centre backs, yeah. And now we're all, and now it's yeah. all about attacking midfield. I mean, we needed a midfielder. I still think we need to strengthen the centre centre back area. Don't forget, Bolly's. He doesn't. He looks like he's not going away with Ivory Coast. Saïs, we've got him for the third, and then he's off. So he's he, off. he could be missing for three. Three weeks, four weeks. I don't know how long it depends on how far they go. And like what Mel said, he's been fantastic this year. Someone's going to have to fill in. Would you bring Sanderson back? Uh, is Den Donker going to drop there? Are we going to play Marcel Hoover? Who's going to drop into that role? If the you know Cody's been carrying that knock for a little while, um, Kilman's been imperious. But if there's another injury. After Soyuz goes away, then we're in real trouble. Central. One defense. year, Cody's had that ankle injury for. Over a year, and he's still Over carrying on. Every he time he plays goes, injections, he drains the fluid off his ankle. Then he keeps playing. He's a warrior. He just wants to keep playing and playing and playing. But uh, you know the, the football. Yes, defence has been tightened up. We can clearly see the improvements, and it's wonderful to see them so strong and organised and brilliant backs to the wall type performances and keeping Man City out. You know, and keeping Liverpool out for ninety-four minutes, and that's real big achievements. But Football's about putting the ball in the back of the net. It's about scoring goals, about celebrating. It's about, you know, and we literally will only score one goal if we do score one. <laughs> you know, and we, we, need, we need to address this problem. We need some natural finishes in that side, which at the moment we just haven't got. Apart from, like I said, Neto excites me, him coming back, but we still need to strengthen. Mel, if you're Bruno Large, January window... And you've basically, they can say you can bring in two or three players. What are you doing? I want, I want a midfield player that can score goals. Mm. Attacking, more, midfield attacking midfield player. But in the, what sort of mould? That can, yeah, that's not Pedro Neto, that's not Trinko, that's not um, Adam Traore. In other words, a forward player. I want a genuine midfielder. That can that can put other people in, but can score goals themselves. Like um, gets in the box. Gets like in the for, box. Fernandez for Liverpool, uh, for Man United. Sorry, he he, he did uh, when he uh, you know he first came there. He he did really well. He's gone off the ball a little bit, but is that kind of player that can that can play centre midfield? That isn't a number. That isn't just a number ten. In other words, they're not going to defend. 
but they can defend as well. Dendonka does it a little bit for me in the fact that he can get box to box, but he's probably not the best um, with the ball at his feet. He finishes things first time with his head. He does a lot of things off the ball and uh, he's, he's underrated for me by a lot of the, the fans because he just doesn't do it on the ball. He doesn't do it on the ball. He's not somebody that, that is twinkle toes on the ball. He, he keeps it very simple, but he, his runs and his defensive work is different class. But we just need another option in there. And then you've got Wang, who we thought when he scored those two goals, he took these two goals against uh, Newcastle really well. And yeah, everybody, thought, everybody, everybody thought, everybody thought, we've got a striker Here that can go. play with Raul now. Mm. Um, and then he's got he's he's gone off the boil a little bit, but he can come back. Mm. Um, you know, I think he's done well. Uh, and then it's it's a matter of I don't know how far away Pedro Neto is. Um, Apparently, so, he's, back. he's coming back from Portugal uh, to start training at Compton. So he'd be, you know, he'd been doing a lot of training away in Portugal. He's coming back to Compton now to build up his uh, last phases of his rehabilitation. I think he might be pushing a, a place on the bench third to fourth week of January, maybe early February. I think we're looking at. Well, Wang's out if, till February as well. If you're looking, if if that's the case, that's absolutely wonderful from a Wolves point of view, um, because oh, I think the kid's different class. I think. He, it reminds me so much of um, of Jota. I, I watched Jota for about five or ten minutes, and I actually said live on radio, uh, the first time he touched, the second time he touched the ball, I said, I said he's a player. I said he, I'm really impressed with this lad, and uh, I think I underestimate I underestimated him, didn't I? I think I, I understated it because uh, I know it's 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 brought up occasionally when I, when I mention Jota, but. Uh, I think Neto Neto's in the same mould, and he could go. I on think and... that's why they let Jota go because of Neto. Yeah, yeah. Well, 100%. plus the fact plus the fact you can't look, you just can't keep you can't keep a player if one of the top top teams. Okay, Wolves are looking to be one of the top teams, but they're not yet. You know, we aren't there yet. Um, your Liverpool's, your Man City's are there um, at the moment. So if one of those teams comes in, it's a bit like you know Grealish to Man Man City from. From Villa, you 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 can't stop them going, um, and if you get as long as you get the you know the right the right money or decent money, then you, that's it. That's 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 the same with everything, you know. Um, so you know it's the same as if we take players from lower league clubs. It's what it's, it's how it goes. It's how it happens, isn't it? So we've got like, um... It's the same with everything, isn't it? So uh, I think I think we're just desperately short of options in midfield to score goals to really put the opposition under pressure. If you've got that type of player in the midfield that can chip in with goals as well, it does take the pressure off the forward lads as well, doesn't it? Well, of course it does. That's absolutely. You look at at your top teams, your Man man Cities, how many many goals does Gundogan score? How many goals does, uh, do they all, you know, they're chipping with, these these are central midfield players. They're not we haven't. Got, we haven't. You know, there was a stat somebody put in the top five leagues. I think we're in the bottom five of um, uh, teams. This is a quite interesting stat. How many of how many players we have in the box when a cross comes in? 
where you have the least well, amount of players in the box when a cross comes in. Because naturally, a Matinho or a Neves, their game isn't to break a neck and get in the box on the end of a end, end of a cross. And um, uh, that was quite known to, for every team to have like a box-to-box midfielder who would always appear in the box. That late run uh, well, surprised the defence. And, and we have like your Stephen Gerrard's for Liverpool. Yeah. Your Frank Frank Lampard for Chelsea. Super Dave team. Edwards. Super Dave yeah. Edwards. Well, yeah, dangerous Dave. Yeah. yeah. Dave Edwards is a good good point for Wolves. You know, you Dave Edwards is prob, prob, probably on a similar part to Dendonka in the fact that he, he, he just arrives at the right time and what have you. But, but, but Dendonka, for me, has got to start scoring more goals because he's capable of it. And, you um, see that lad. There's, there's people have said um, who. Would just, get... just, just before we just carry on, Amy, you've got to drop off, haven't you? Because you've just had some news. Yeah, yeah. I've just got to drop off. I'm sorry, everyone. It was good to speak to everyone again, and hopefully be back on soon and see everyone at a game. So sorry for having to drop off, but I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you. Ways. Catch catch up with you later. So um, no see you all soon. Look after yourself. Thank you all. Bye, bye, Give bye. my best wishes to Roy. Uh, will do. <laughs> See yeah. you later. Carry, sorry about that. Carry on, guys. Yeah, um, uh, you know what? We don't... At the moment, I think Bruno's decided on the way he wants to play with this type of team that he's got to consolidate. Because if he'd have lost another few matches after three defeats, the first three, if he'd have lost another three and he's lost six, you know, so he's shored up the back. He's He's gone this type philosophy. So we're not going to create... Right now, a plethora of chances like we did, you know, where we got 20 chances and hopefully we take one or two. We're only actually creating, you know, two or three or one or two decent chances. So when they come along, you have to take them and we're not taking them. So that's that's where we're suffering. So we have. that's why I think if he's going to carry on and if it's going to take him one or two transfer windows to try and build his team playing the way he wants to play, we need someone a little bit... It's the hardest thing to buy, isn't it? A natural, someone who can stroke the ball into the net when the chance comes with a bit of composure. And and, and looking at names, one of the names I'll mention, which, you know, is, is a, he's a Chelsea player, but he's on loan at Crystal Palace until the first of Jan or the end of the season. I don't know. But Conor Gallagher, for example. He was quality. They brought him in. They brought him in. He's a midfielder. He runs into the box. His his composure when he finishes, you know, and and that so it just proves that you don't have to actually go to, you know, spend 60, 70 million or fifty million or forty million, thirty. You can actually, there might be a player here or there that's got a bit of composure that can get into the box. Well, he's uh, been know, a great signing it. for Palace, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, he did well last last season for for West Brom, but yeah. he's I think he's doing it. He's 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 growing with every game, and I th- I can see. I can see Chelsea uh, bringing him back in, into their fold soon if he carries on the way he is. Yeah. Well, someone's just mentioned here, I mean, would you bring back uh, Morgan Gibbs-White? He's been having a fantastic <coughs> away on loan for Sheffield United. That is I, you know what? I, I, for, me, for me personally, I'm thinking like, you know, we may have to bring people like Sanderson back if Sice goes, if we don't bring in a defender. But I still want to bring something different because Morgan Gibbs has done really well and he could come back and he could supplement our attack and, and that might be part of his development. But I still, you know, I, 
I, I just don't see us having enough natural finishing talent at the club and we still need to bring somebody a little bit extra you know and that's the proof of the pudding oh. if we want to be at the top we want to be uh, engaging with the sides we can't be on 13 goals in, the th- in the th- December the th- you know the thing is um, I'm just reading one or two of the comments that, okay. da- that Dave's showing look um, other clubs other clubs seem to just pr- um, pull pull out the younger players mm. and pop pop them in every now and again. Liverpool have done it. Um, they've all done it. All the teams do it, and yet we don't seem to do it as much. Yeah. Um, and talk about as you say the thirty five million pound man, um, mm. Fabio Silva. Don't, I think he needs a loan, don't you? I'm 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 just thinking. Obviously, in training, etc. Um, He's Bruno not impressive. No. Bru- Bruno, doesn't, game, Bruno that, um, doesn't fancy him, does he? No. The, game that Raul, him. the game that Raul was suspended for, that was the game. If any was going to be a game, he'd play Fabio, but he didn't. He did, so the thing is, he played... He's not even getting... Sometimes he's not even getting on. When yeah. Wolves look to get a goal, he's putting everybody else on before him. I'm thinking... Um, he, 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 I remember when Huang got injured, who was in the side in place of Raul. He went with Huang up top. Huang gets injured, and still Fabio Silva was not the first one. He on. went with Pedence, you know, went with Traore. And he, then he brings Fabio on with like um, 80, 90 seconds to play. And what, what you're <laughs> going to do in the last 96 seconds, I don't know. So definitely, I think, you know, he's not Bruno Large's signing. Uh, he's, he he he'll look, he won't look at him as a thirty-five million pound potential superstar. He will look at it as a young eighteen-year-old lad that's finding his feet and not ready for the first team yet. That's what. But Bruno in that likes. case, Manny, if he's yeah. not going to play him, yeah. he surely has got to be loaned out, like Morgan's been loaned out and Sanderson, so he can get that game time and practice and build up his strength and is you know in a, in a in a, a competitive championship or something like that. If he's not going to play him, then He's got to go out on loan, surely. I would probably say someone's mentioned Luke Kundal. <coughs> I reckon Luke Kundal's probably nearer the starting lineup than Fabio Silva. I think. I just don't think Bruno fancies right. him at all. You know. I'd... But but the thing is, we haven't. Unless you watch the reserves or the under twenty threes. Yeah. I can't remember seeing Luke Kundal play. No, he has. He's he's actually scored one or two decent goals in a very poor side. He's actually done really well for the under twenty threes. Sorry, what? That's what I mean, but I've not yeah. seen the under twenty threes. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, the, va- the vast, vast, vast majority of Wolves fans haven't mm. got a clue other than the first team. That's right. Yeah. So you're looking at the first team. Mm. Now you could, I could walk past Lee Kundal in, in the street. I wouldn't have a clue who he is. No. And that's that. That's that's nothing to do with because he has he hasn't had any exposure yet. He's no. been. He's been on the team sheet, and I've noticed he's been on the team sheet quite some mm-hmm. time. And I'm thinking, but he hasn't had a chance. He hasn't no. even been on. I th- well, he might have been on. You know, no, I don't think a, it, like a cup. <clears throat> he might have had a maybe. short time on, but I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether he's made his debut yet. But I don't uh, think that. I don't think there's anyone natural. You know, we've got a Jordan. We we had that Corbiano who we, we we loaned out to Sheffield Wednesday. But I still think. 
this is Fosun's test, I think. They were quite well, clearly trying trying to show us that they were after players that they didn't get. They did. They, were, they, they came out and said, you know, Botman, Sven Botman, the defender, or Renato Chan Sanchez, the midfielder. They, you know, and they, they there were links there, but they didn't get them over the line. So um, I, I just think we need to bring in better quality finishing and, and, and goal-scoring threats. And that's what you pay the big bucks for, though, isn't it, Manny? That's, that's if we want to go that... We can't, we can't well, just thing, rely the... on clean sheets and because, you know, that pressure... It, it, the defence is under so much pressure then to make sure they keep a clean sheet to get a point all the time. If you're scoring goals, it, it releases that pressure. So, you know, we need to score goals and, and, and that's the only way we'll improve and, and we need somebody different who can score goals, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, looking towards the uh, the second half of the scene, just to finish off on, um, what are your expectations? We'll go with you first, Mel, for this one. For uh, the second half, you obviously you, you obviously get a lot of insights. You're there with the WM team. You probably have a, a little bit of media insight that some of us don't. But, like, what are your expectations that at the end, by the time we come out of January, and what are the expectations and where Wolves have finished and what we'll achieve maybe in the Cup over the next sort of four or five months? Well, I think they should, I think they should absolutely go for it in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, I agree. Please, uh, hopefully. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I was absolutely disgusted earlier on with with Nuno when he put out a really poor team against Southampton against Southampton yeah that was one that I was thought one. that was probably you know one what? of the most you've, you've now reminded me of the lowest point of the season that was probably <laughs> that was probably be the lowest point of the year yeah, yeah of the year <clears throat> but it was an opportunity wasn't it it's a massive opportunity that they yeah. don't realise some of the foreign managers just don't realise how big the FA Cup is because the the cups in others in other um, they're not the, they're, they're, they're not, not as big. They, they, no. they don't realise what the FA Cup is. Manchester United's manager this week came out and rubbished both cup competitions in his, you know, because it provides too many games and we can't well, focus on everything. You know, well, and, this and is, you just this think, is it. well, go and manage somebody else, somebody else if, you, if you've got a problem because that is our tradition. That's our history. That's our, yeah. you know, that winning the oh. FA Cup was a boyhood dream for not only players but for fans as well. The FA Cup final <laughs> scoring and lifting yeah. the cup, you know, and they don't, like, I, I agree, they just don't understand that side of it, do they? No, I think it's just understanding the culture, understanding the history, um, and that to endear yourself, you know, to endear yourself to the fans, go on, get, get, get us to Wembley. I mean, that, that cup run against, uh, you know, when, when we ended up th oh. throwing it, throwing it away against Watford, but... Uh, I've still not watched that back. Well, I'm, I, can't, I can't watch it, but um, yeah, it's a big opportunity. I think. I mean, we're we're on twenty five points. Um, you know, we're eighth. We need realistically another eleven, another four wins <coughs> this season, and we're definitely going to be safe. I think we'll be a lot safer than that. And the effort, so we ain't going to really stress too much, probably about the league, and. Any team who's in the Premier League can beat anyone on, on their day. We've seen that. And Wolves are certainly in that category. And if we, we've got a home tie against Sheffield United... Who... Well, the way that, you're, right, you're right, Dave. The way that we've acquitted ourselves against the top teams, Liverpool, 
Man City, Chelsea. We've we we have we've we've played very well against all three of them, and that's what says to me. And then the teams under that, your West Ham's, your Arsenal. We haven't played Arsenal yet, but your West Ham's. We uh, never beat Brighton. We beat them. <laughs> yeah, we beat yeah. Brighton. Your, your other your other teams. We know that on our day, we can beat them. And even if they get their best team out, we can still beat them. It might yeah. be back to the wall job, but we've got a team that that thrives on being back back to the wall, and we'll, we'll score on the, you know, we'll we'll score on the counter attack. But the thing is, we know we we are capable of winning. Leicester did it last season. Mm. Leicester are now no no better than us. They've probably got more more strength in depth squad wise. Yeah. Perhaps, and a yeah. bit more that's experience the, in that. That's the well. that's the diff. That's the difference. They've probably got a bit more experience and a bit more uh, squad depth. That's why the right to the right two or three players in January is going to make a hell of a difference. Now, whether whether those are what they preferred to do is get players on loan with a view to buy, like you did with Jota. Neto. It's worked for Wolves. It's, it's worked yeah. for Raul, Wolves. Raul was the same. Raul. I Nori. So if we can, if we That's can just pick up, there must have people on there. You know what? Because... You know, with all the criticism we give Fosun, we no, already, the... already said they bought in. Uh, the Jose recruitment Sarr, brilliant. has, been, has the, been fantastic. If you think, yeah. if you look at what they did with Ryan Aitnuri, they brought him in and then they sort of let the um, expiry date go and then went in with a lower price and got him. And you see the way he's performing now. And he's been linked with City, Liverpool, PSG. Yeah, he has. Yeah, and so there has been good decisions. There, you know, and we just we know our squad squad is paper thin. And if, but you know, looking forward to 2022, eighth place for me is with the players he's got at his disposal is probably an overachievement by Bruno Large. Right, because we would have probably thought we'll be mid-table or in that, and we're in eighth. But we won't stay eighth if we don't score goals. We won't. No, well, early so, season when we were talking and we hadn't won, I was saying I believed we could finish eighth to six. And I know I was being a bit like tongue-in-cheek, but there we are. At, we're at. I'm probably not going to get to six. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard to finish in the top seven. There is a bit of a gap. Yeah. But there is an opportunity. I mean, West Ham have faltered a little bit. You're not. I mean, maybe we could. You know, we we could put a run together. Who knows? But I think, like you say, we finished eighth. Teams get relegated. Season. Teams yeah. get relegated from the Premier League. Um, you know, by scoring a hell of a lot more goals than what we're going to probably end up look at Leeds. with this season. You know, look at so, Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Look. At, so you know, we we can't the pressure on our defence and. That someone's just mentioned Jose Sarr making those last ditch saves. You know, he's not going to, it's impossible to do that all the time. Goals have to be scored if we want to maintain where we're at. Yes, with maybe a couple, two or three foes and surprises, they bring in two or three players, they go all out and they all work. We could potentially even be better than eighth, but I just can't see where we are is probably the maximum where we're going to be with this side unless we make some changes and um, I can only see finishing like 12th to 15th if we don't score any more goals, for example. You know, and what I, about you, Mel? I, no, I, I'm, I echo what, what Manny mm. says. I, th- I think that um, we, have to, we have to find ways yeah. of, um, we have to find solutions. 
Word of the year. Never, uh, we're never going to use that next season. All right. That's... No. <laughs> we need a no. new one for next year. The yeah. thing is, the thing is, you've, you you just look at statistics. Um, if a player, if you've got a top-notch striker, he will score. He'll score at least one in two. Yeah. So you know what you're going to get. Twenty goals a season. Twenty goals a season. Or pushing it. If he has 15, a bad season, 20, he, might, yeah, yeah. he might score 15. If he has a really good season, Even he'll score, you 20, look at, look he'll at score Stephen 25. Fletcher, you know, Stephen Fletcher yeah. in the Premier League. Well, he's more than... someone like Origi. Yeah. Then, then, you've got, then you've got a situation. Yeah, that's a possibility. Then you've got a situation where you've got um, your other players. Now, I know, just going back to when, when I played, we had a really good season, 79-80 uh, when we won the League Cup. We probably had three, there was probably three or four players that, that were in double figures. You know, there was Andy Gray, John Richards, myself, all all got double figures Yeah. for the season. And and you th- and, and then when we, when we went straight, straight back up, uh, 82, 83, there was myself, Andy Gray and Wayne Clark, all in double figures. But you're looking in there. We're going to struggle to get one player to get anywhere near double figures, let alone three. Last year, our top goal scorer scored five. You know, and you're thinking... Raul was second top scorer, wasn't he? And he he didn't play off the season. (laughs) And you're thinking... But, so, they have to find a way to... Yeah, they have to find a way to combat that. And that's all about... That's all about um, players being what you would call... Um, positive because this is a mindset thing as well I believe it's a mindset thing I really do and sometimes people have to be brave they have to be really brave in saying right can I make that run it's like look Lookman you look at Lookman's goal against uh, Liverpool for for Leicester yeah Yeah. that was a great finish as well but it's a direct run. He carried on running. It was the run that he made that was the big thing it was the run that made the goal because because, because he he just he absolutely just run himself into the ground to get there in the first place. Mm. It was a good finish, but the big thing that made it was the fact that he ran. And the two Liverpool players that were were the defensive side of him, before, in knew. other words, yeah. the right side, he ran past them both and yeah. got into the box. And was that positive? And that's what you need. And we don't have enough of that. We don't no. have enough players that will bust a gut to get in the box where you can score goals. Because that's where you scored the majority of goals. Yes, you'll get a, a 25-yard rocket from Ruben Nevers every now and again. But we're not even getting those now. No, we don't. Apart from the, um, obviously, the, 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 Villa, the Villa game. But where that we, wasn't a 25-yard He planned that. He planned that. Well, it was 19 yards. He was just... <laughs> and he knew, he knew that he was going to... He's been practising his billiards. He's in offs. In offs. In off target <laughs> as well. In off yeah. target, wasn't it? That's it. So we've we we've got to be more. Um, you see, the thing is, if you create if you create more goal scoring chances, you are going to have games where you'll have ten or eleven presentable chances and lose one nil. We've all I've played in those, and it's a it's a gutter if you're the wrong end of that. You're playing games where you'll be the other way, where we'll nick a goal, you'll defend for your life, but they'll miss chances, and you'll think. How the heck did we win that? But we'll take it. Thanks very much. 
But the vast majority of games, usually if you create the most chances, present you the chances, the you'll win the game. Of course, yeah. So we have to start being ruthless. And I can see this. And I watch the, 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 the forward players. A lot of them don't really want to get in where it hurts to score goals, by the way. They haven't got the, the, the they're not brave enough to go where you score goals. You know, there's two ways of running on a football pitch. One is running with the ball and one is running without the ball. And when you see Wolves, we have got more runners with the ball than any other club. Neto <coughs> can do it. Adama can do it. Trincao can do it. Dennis can do it. Then, uh, Samedo can do it. But it's the off-the-ball running that actually makes a lot of the goals. It's when when Luckman played that pass wide as a midfield. He was in a midfield position. He played that um, pass wide. His first thought is get in the box, get in the box, head that way. That's can I get on the? Can I, can I get? Can I can join? I in? Can, can I get it? on the end of it? Our players uh, would play that pass to Adama Troy and admire the pass and, yeah. and admire the pass, and then hope Troy beats. Seven or eight players and put. How did Bruno Large get Benfica scoring a hundred goals? You know, because because better finishers in the team. I'm sure they have. <laughs> They're because not it, anyone because he else. Got, because he got them believing in themselves, mm. and he got them on the front foot, and he got them being really positive without being. Now there's a difference between. It's a bit like a boxer. If you go gung ho, you could get caught by one. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to get the balance between going. Being positive instead of just being on the on the defensive and just you know because the way got, we played in the first four games was like that wasn't it? Well, it was. the, the way we played was. in the, the way we played in the first three games because mm. I think the the the, four, the fourth one wasn't really w, w, no we, the first three it was the, they the were fir- just the first three well, fabulous yeah. the first four really because Watford mm. we played well as well we carried it on yeah. and actually got the result that we deserved in the first three yeah. I, I was very impressed. That's why I, I, I realised then I wasn't worried at all when people were saying, oh, well, you played three, lost three, you're in the bottom three. Um, mm. And I said, what's the way we... I'll look at performance first, especially over a, a, sh- a, few, a few games or one game. You look at the performance because you're going to get anomalies in, in scores. Also, yeah. But over a period of time, if you're playing really well, you'll get you'll get more decisions than you'll get more results than uh, than you won't. Simple as that. And that that's just that's just law of nature. That's that's just that's just the law, isn't it? So if but I don't think that we put enough players in positions to score goals and we don't make the runs. Now whether it's because they're frightened sometimes that if they make the run and it doesn't come they're going to get caught out going the other way and the opposition will then counterattack and that'll put us under unnecessary pressure because we're building things from being really hard to beat. And so, therefore, we're probably a little bit too cautious. But I see, I watch Bruno Large on the touchline most of the time because he's usually, there's a good position to watch him, especially in the home games because I'm right behind him where I'm uh, commentating from. So I can see what he's doing. And I can see him loads of times just telling players to get forward, get forward, get forward. So I don't think he's going to say that if he doesn't want them to get forward. No. But I'm looking, I'm looking, and there's there's a lot of them 
um, aren't aren't proactive. They're reactive, but they're not proactive. Like Luckman was proactive. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of them are reactive. They'll go, oh, the balls. I've got a better run after that, as opposed to making things happen. We don't make things happen enough. And now I'm picking. Look, I'm I'm nitpicking here because we're doing really well and I'm really pleased with how things are going. Yes, we need to score more goals. And I'm just giving an insight into how I believe that um, Bruno Large is, is, is trying to get them to, to do that. But then if the present players aren't being as proactive as they can, or in other words, if they haven't got a football brain, they don't see it. They don't see it quick enough. They don't see, oh, that could develop there. That could, I'm going. I'm going because that could come into my area and I could score here as opposed to watching it go around and going, oh, and then then reacting to stuff that's too late because the defender's going to get there first. <clears throat> we need we need more natural goal scorers. Simple as that. 100%. And we're on like, uh, we're into overtime now. So final thoughts because we need to round it up. Um, Manny? Yeah. You know, I'm uh, uh, final thoughts. I don't want this situation within meaning that we can't attend football matches so i just want fans to be at the games and and just enjoy being at football again and hopefully wolves i think it will be a consolidation period still i can't magically see you know three or four wonderful players coming in that score lots and lots of goals um uh, uh, so if we maintain the position we're in it will be a fabulous season i think with the team that he's had and we then need to go on again and the proof on Fosun will be on what they do and who they bring in and how they support. Because Mel's, you know, a qualified person. We're fans. Everybody on the timeline, we're all pretty much saying the same thing. You know, we need to score more goals. We need to be a bit more creative and we need to take our chances. So I'm pretty much sure they also know that same thing. You know, that's their job. It's not our job. I, I've only got. Uh, 50p on me, so they ain't going to buy a striker. Um, you know, it's their job, and if they want us to progress to that next level, the next level of um, being in your, being regular side, being like maybe even like a Leicester, where we're threatening for cups every year, where we we threaten for the top four. You know, in some years, we need better quality, and that quality is right now is is in the finishing areas. So, um, but. I'm not negative about the end of the season or what's happened. I just think, you know, it's if we if someone gives me eighth place on May the whatever it is and a good cup run, then you're going to take that. I think. And for you, Mel. Well, I I just think you only sing when you're winning. Simple <laughs> as that. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now. I've been really pleased with Wolves this season. Um, after the the shock, I think for most people that uh, Nuno uh, Nuno left, and uh, Bruno Large, I think has been a breath of fresh air. Um, there's been far there's been more positives than negatives. Um, it will we'll will wait and see how uh, how Large is um, supported by by the board mm-hmm. and. Um, the recruitment side of it, the recruitment side, by and large, not Bruno Large. I'm not. That's not. That wasn't a pun. But by and large, um, has been excellent. 
over the last few years since Fawson came in. After once they got that, once they got to grips with with this football lark after the season, um, and then bought okay. Nuno in, I think okay. we've had we've had the best time at Wolves um, for 30, 40 years. Simple as that. And uh, it's been a long time coming, but it's been absolutely wonderful to, uh, to have to have our club back on, not just back on the the English stage or the British stage, but the world stage. Yeah, Wolves have got um, they've got one hundred and fifty, probably on, between one hundred and fifty and two hundred um, supporters clubs all around the world, and that's how Wolves have become a world brand. And I think Fawson understand that. Obviously, they're the business people, and um, you know that's that's been brilliant for them. But they know that if they can uh, if they can get us get us up a stage further in you know regular regularly um, competing for the top six to start with, then um, I know that their ten year plan was they want to be competing top four, you know, Champions League every year. Um, which you've got to aim I, you know, if, if you aim for the moon, you might, you might reach the stars or whatever is the, is the saying, but yeah, we, we will wait and see the proof will be in the pudding, won't it? Yeah. So, 100%. um, but, but, but from a Wolves point of view, I'm really pleased. Our club is, 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 uh, on the world stage. Now we, 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 um, you know, we, 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 we we're there. We're competing with everybody that we play against, um, all of the top clubs. And if you ask you ask any club which team they don't want to play, we're going to come. We're going to we're going to be right up there as one of the teams that nobody wants to play. I'll tell you because uh, everybody knows that they're going to get a tough game, and that's the first thing that you want to do as as a as a football club. Um, yes, it's all right to play really. Outrageous, outrageously kind of uh, wonderful football, as Man City do occasionally, um, as Liverpool do, as we've seen, and Chelsea. But um, we've, we, we're, we're just evolving. We've come out of we've come out of decades of slumber, and we, we're now we're now on the world map. And I'm you wouldn't believe how proud I am to uh, you know to be an ex Wolves an ex player to play for my club, but also a Wolves supporter. Um, it's been a long time coming, but it's been absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. And I'm so Brilliant. proud. Well said, and, mate. And uh, it's say, better to, you know what? It's better to come out of um, the Etihad, Man City's ground, shaking your head because you've had a really bad decision. This is a team that scored 17 goals in their last three games, by the way. You know, absolutely. Than, than walking out of Molyneux because Barnsley have just beaten you. You know, it's, we're not in a, the world's worst position right now. And, and we all quite naturally you always want to look forward and you want the next best thing and we want it overnight you know we want it all to and, and it yeah. does take time and and you know Foson got it wrong didn't they they got Zenga in they got Lambert in then they got somebody in that showed us some great days but then they've made the change again so it takes time it takes changes and the silver thing it might be a, a big the biggest you know cock up they've ever made it might be so they they'll have to hold their hands up and 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 you know and fix that and and um, uh, bring somebody else in, and but overall, you, you know, I'm not a grumbler. I'm really happy with some of the real improvements we've made this season, especially all the all the positions we thought we were worried about have all been shored up. Now it's the the other side that we just want Raul to, be, you know, get well and get fit and get strong 
Raul of old, the Neto coming back, supplemented by maybe the odd midfielder. Suddenly that looks really exciting, doesn't it? It feels really I'll, positive. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I think what, what you both said is really, really good. Someone put uh, earlier on the chat, a year, eight years ago today, we were playing out a 1 1 draw with Leighton Orient. Mm. What just take and that was step. like a proper match, that was like a proper yeah. tough, tough, the top of the league because they were right up there. And you look at where Leighton Orient are right now, we have to sort of like yeah. things aren't perfect at the moment. That's why we love football. We've got you know, and why, why the, the, the last 10 15 minutes against Villa was so exalting because of the pain that you have and the joy that it gives, but like we're eight. We're on 25th points and we ain't reached our peak yet. We'll have to wait and see what happens in January. We have got players coming back. Uh, we do need to score more goals. Um, I think there will be some investment in January. I think it's not just about what go, what comes in. It's about who doesn't go out as well and, and who does go out. I think the Neves also, interview this, this week was really positive, wasn't it? Neves. Yeah, really, really positive. The guy's so settled, so happy. And he I live you know, saying I live in the moment, I live in the day, I'm I'm really happy with where I live. You know, I could end up playing my whole career here because this is the best league in the world. Obviously, he doesn't discount that he may move, you know, things might take a turn or some manager might or Wolves might want to cash in on him like a Grealish situation because lots of money coming. But it's really nice to hear top class world-class players, highly rated players, being happy at Wolves. You know, that's a real real big bonus for us. I mean, must it, be doing... We've also said every time, every one of the last four years, we've kind of like, it, if he'd have gone, we'd have been mm. like, he's still here and he's a, he yeah. is a wolf. I think he absolutely uh, he absolutely loves it. Yeah. Um, the other thing to, to, to um, we, we must say to everyone before we do go is that, you know, we do, all of us wish you and your families your loved ones and your friends, wherever you are in the world. You know, it's been tough the last 18 months. We're entering a new year. Hopefully things will continue to, we're still going through some sticky bits, continue to head towards normal. But we do wish you a very, very happy, um, healthy and prosperous new year. You know, and I know for some people, New Year Day and Christmas Day can be quite a lonely place. And um, the one thing that you have, following your team, following Wolves, if you've got a community of people that you can you can bring together and, you know, we all love the same things. So, from myself, I'm sure Manny and Mel, you echo the same things, wishing everyone all the best for the new year, right? Yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. Thanks for joining us today. All the help you give, not just the football, off football as well. You know, you've helped so much, you know, raising lots of funds for some wonderful, vital causes and, um, uh, Keep connecting, keep talking, you know, and like Dave says, if you feel a bit down, you know, the one good thing about social media is it's a very easy way to connect. So send a message, you know, reach out to people and there'll be someone there who will speak to you um, and just stay safe with the pandemic and um, uh, see you on the ones who are going on Monday, fingers crossed, that, that well, it goes on, start the year with a win. Well, yeah, um, I'd echo that. What day? You want your own duty for United, Mel? I I am, yeah. Assuming it's on. So yeah. I was on the the previous ones. I was on the Watf Watford and Arsenal games, but obviously they've been called off. But uh, yeah, I'm due to do the Man United game. All all been well, and uh, 
yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, many happy times going to Old Trafford. Um, so it'd be great because... Did you ever score at Old Trafford? Now? Well, funnily enough... Funnily He's enough, probably the last Wolves player who scored. Funnily <laughs> enough, I am I am the last Wolves player to score a winning goal, not to score... I thought that was Trafford. true. It was. Yeah, yeah. But we won 1-0 about a couple of weeks before we won the League Cup. Yeah. Against Forest, and well, uh, we, that we, went, we went to Old Trafford. You know he's going to mention that on commentary on Monday. <laughs> it's uh, it'll come out. We well, know. it might get a mention. It might get a yeah. mention, man. Uh, <laughs> I'd be disappointed well, if well, you put did. It, put it this way: every every game that I've been to up there, it has got a mention. I even got a mention uh, on the TV at Pan Inter. You say, "Oh, the last Wolves player to score a winning goal here," and then it's me with the headphones on, but. Oh, we will see, but uh, no, it'd be great for that um, that uh, record, so to speak. To what year was bed. that, Mel? That was 1980. 1980. Feb- so I think it was February 1980, because March 1980, we won the League Cup. I think it was February 1980. It's two or three what? weeks before we Mel, won the Mel, Cup. maybe if we do score a winning goal against United, that will be an omen that we go on and win a cup. Well... That might be the case. Well, we'll see. The United game and us winning the game, that would be amazing. Fingers crossed. Well, with the way that way that United are going, the way that we're going, I wouldn't rule us out nicking it, actually. So, it's going to be I tough. Hope, I, hope we, I hope we got a little bit of positivity <coughs> in that because where Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea are, are, are sort of a class apart in the league, Man City being on a different level, you know, Manchester United are there to be got at and I hope we got a well, bit of... Um, for that, about attacking intention as well, you know, and, and we can we can well, take the first, that game. The first game of the season, obviously, I know they've got a new manager now, and all going to show scores left. But yeah, they're playing. Yeah, it's. Oh, I ain't got a clue what they're playing. All, <laughs> the thing is, you talk about uh, it's all about intent because it's it's only it's only eleven of v eleven. Ten out players with ten out players. So formations have got people go on about formations, but really, it's all about the players. The players make formations, players play in positions. It's all about players. Um, and once you, if you've got players, if you've got the, be- the, the best 11 players in the world that know the game inside out, you could literally, you could literally tell them to just go out or just go out and play. It's true, literally, you, literally you could do. Um, like, like that woman you, used to sing back in your day, that's what you used to do in it, Mel. Well, that's what we used to do. I mean, during the during the week, I just used to just go and open shops, just open open shops, cut the ribbon, open cut shops, the, cut the ribbon the and open shops. <laughs> the booze to the game. <laughs> then I then I go around and cut cut the ribbon to. Um, oh, we know him. We know him. Manny, Manny doing his, his samosa Saturday. Yes. I'd just go and cut oh, the ribbon. Get, yeah, we'll have to When we get to an anniversary, like the 20th one, we'll, we'll have to invite you to do I'm looking forward, looking forward yeah. to your next one. Okay, we'll do one Manny. towards the end of the season. Like, you know, it's a brilliant... Yeah, when uh, it's a bit warmer, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a bit warmer, yeah. <laughs> right then, no, everyone... Bit of you know, fans, we're just approaching the two hour mark. That it's the longest uh, podcast we've ever done. I don't know where the time's gone. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you're watching it live on YouTube or watching you back, please smash a like to the video. It lets YouTube that you uh, know that you like it. Feel free to join in with the comments afterwards if you're watching it back. 
And don't forget, it's also going to be available on Apple, uh, Spotify, and all good podcast providers, uh, either later tonight or tomorrow, so you can listen it, to it back, um, either on your radio at home or if you're at work or driving, but listen it back to me, Manny, Amy, and Mel. Mel, thanks ever so much again for coming on uh, tonight. Thanks to Amy as well, and, of course, thanks to you as well, Manny. Thank you very much. Yeah. Happy New Year! My, my, my pleasure, Dave, Manny, and uh, and Amy, obviously, who's left us uh, early. But, uh, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. All the best. And let's hope FA Cup, eighth place or above. Come on, Wolves. Always Wolves, everyone. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.